Blog Talk Radio.
Praise God. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I've got my brother Paul uh, live tonight on the line with me. And uh, also, we've got uh, a few people dialed in and quite a few in the chat room. So, we just want to thank you guys for uh, just listening and praying and being a part of our spiritual family online tonight. Uh, it's Tuesday. The 13th of March It's about more or less I guess 23 after 10 And uh, tonight we're broadcasting out of Garland, Texas And broadcasting out of Kansas and Got a few calling in later tonight I think we're going to have our brother uh, Let's see, Roger Is going to be calling in later and uh, So we'll see how that goes But uh Glory to God. Well, just want to let you know if you need to call in, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. Website is www.prayerinternational.org. Also, if you need to reach us uh, by email, um, we're changing up some of our email accounts. Um, you can still go into uh, prayerinternational at gmail.com, and some of that will be forwarded accordingly, and we'll have some other websites up prayer and um, we'll be putting some of that in the chat room so you can reach us uh, different ways by email or website or phone also uh, coming up we're going to be putting up some numbers for Skype if people need to reach us that way and uh, in the next few days we're going to be adding uh, tremendously to our video presentation as we make some improvements uh, with some of our technology trying to get some things up to par so that we can bring some effective quality uh, video presentation, uh, teachings, prayer, different things uh, that we've got down the pipeline uh, coming this week. And uh, I believe we're joined by uh, Brother Paul. Hey, Paul, are you there? Yes, sir. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir, I sure can. Hey, I was going to ask, do you mind opening this up in a word of prayer tonight? And um, we'll just kind of go with the flow from there and see what happens. Say it one more time. I didn't have my body. Yeah, do you mind? Mind. yeah, do you mind opening us up in a word of prayer tonight? And we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. All right. Um, there we go. I, right. uh, as we were speaking, um, brother down under out of Sydney, Australia, was connected with me on Skype. So that's mm-hmm. our brother. Um, exposing demons. It's funny that you was talking about Scott because he was connecting with me with Scott. 
Um, you guys are also talking about yards and grass and all. And I, was, I just got in from outside, so let's pray. Right, Heavenly pray Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us this opportunity, Lord God, to just come in agreement, Heavenly Father, through the blood of Jesus and give you praises and honor, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are not a man that you should lie, nor are you the son of man that you should repent. That everything we do, Heavenly Father, glorifies your name. And that everything that you establish at Calvary, Heavenly Father, gives us the ability to walk in victory. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we give you all the glory for giving us the opportunity to reach out to the nations on this platform that you have blessed us with through your son, Christopher, which you downloaded and stirred up his spirit, Heavenly Father, to birth a program called Prayer International. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wisdom and the download that you have given Sean and the ability that you have provided him, Heavenly Father, to to, uh, build our platform, our website, Heavenly Father, and to serve this ministry, Heavenly Father, in the accounting and financial department, helping us get all the ends and everything that we need together, Heavenly Father, so that we can be 100% above board and for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this opportunity to reach out and pray for Jerusalem. Your word says, Heavenly Father, that those that pray for Jerusalem, that our households will prosper. Father, we thank you for Jerusalem. We thank you that we have the ability in the forthright, Heavenly Father, to pray for Jerusalem. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for all of our guests, for all of our people in the chat room. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will pour out your spirit on the nations, on all the nations that have been coming aboard with us, Heavenly Father, on our platform at prayerinternational.org. I've noticed, Heavenly Father, that you've been sending people from the north, east, south, and west all around India. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praises and all the honor. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will bless the fruit of all the words that lead our mouth, Heavenly Father, and that you will be glorified tonight in this program. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, what's on your heart tonight, bro? Um, you want to share for a little bit or tell us how your day's going? Or um, Obviously, we're in some kind of flow because I don't know where the uh, homeless poet, uh, he started telling us uh, about the grass. I didn't know if he was making uh, comments about the, uh, you know, the, the chat page, you know, with the grass and everything on it. So I jokingly said, next time bring your mower. So I don't know if he was joking around about that or what, really. But, you know, obviously sometimes we get in these flows, you know, it's just kind of comical that everything kind of runs together. Um, so, yeah, let, let me know uh, what's in your heart tonight because obviously there's some kind of flow going on. And, um, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about mowing grass and here you spent your day doing that, and um, so just tell us a little bit about, you know, how your day's been going. Well, we're moving into a new season here. Um, I happen to live in the geographic center of the United States where the Lord prophesied to Diane 
through Diane Nutt and Sharon Westbury um, because of you and Tracy and the love of Jesus in y'all's life and us connecting, having a divine connection at Dr. Dale Gentry's prophetic conference at First Family. Um, God used y'all to pour into our lives. And as I was writing Apostle Diana message on Facebook this evening, you know, you're a mentor of mine. And because of you and Brian Clem, we was at another prophetic healing conference at um, Church of His Glory. And that's where I met Diane Nutt. Never seen her in my life. And she started speaking prophetically over our life, over my life, that the Lord was going to move me somewhere phenomenal in about six months. That was on September 6th at 9.35. And on January 21st, as I was reading Proverbs 21, the Bible says that the hearts of kings are led like rivers and streams. And that day I got an email from Japan, Tokyo, to move to Kansas. So I pick up, I move to Kansas, and doing my daily thing, the Lord got me out of where I was, and if you know where we live, we live in a very rural farm town. The only thing we have here is there's 300 residents in a big old high-rise elevator where all the grain bins are. So if you want a cold drink, you got to go down to the grain bins down to the elevator and get a Coke out of a Coke machine. And out of the blue, the Holy Spirit led me to go get my wife a Coke at the elevator, which elevators are where all the farmers take their grain when we bring in the harvest, not an elevator like in a high-rise building. I know that's what you're thinking, Chris. Um, I, know, I, know the the, I know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, never, so anyway, I've never been on one or been around one, really, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen them, so, you know. I don't know. Uh, well, but I'm with you. I was, I was telling the exposing demons, he said, well, who are you? And I said, well, let me tell you something. Um, my brother Christopher is a city boy, and um, you know he, he's not doing too much mowing and gardening. And uh, uh oh, can you hear what me? What happened? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Sean just signed in, so it kicked me off. So I'm just gonna stay on Skype. Um. If you want to log in briefly under that your other name for a minute, and then you know that way we can all be connected. Because if you're on Skype, not everybody can communicate. You know, so but whatever. Uh, I mean, but go with it. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, but we're moving into a new season early this year. We have not had much snow at all, and. One of the ministries that the Lord had given me when I got here, he told me to sow. Uh, whenever someone is from out of town that's a Gentile, as I call it, you know, you really got to do a lot of sowing. I mean, you, you've got to drive around with a bed full of seeds and be reaching out your back window of the truck and casting seeds as you're driving all the time. So what the Lord used me to do, is to come out here and mow an edge, you know, for people that needed help. Churches, you know, I edge, you know. So long story short, 
the day we just broke into a week that we're going to have some above 70 degree weather all week long. And I've been out there literally, you know, for 12 hours getting everything, the yards stout and, you know, everything edged, all the grooves in. And so we can start spraying and seeding and, and my arms are sore. I, uh, my, my shoulders, um, I've got in here about 9:55 just in time for the show. And, so we're now into a new season, and now I come in here and everybody's talking about lawn and mowing and grass, and um, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on with the Lord tonight that, you know, pretty pretty nice. So anyway, um, just pretty much it. You know, we're into a new season, and um, we're getting our gardens ready tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be canning vegetables that we're going to be living off of here the next year. So, hallelujah. God bless. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. Hey, it sounds like uh homeless poet is a groundskeeper in a metaphoric sense. So, um, that's what it says. So, I didn't, I didn't get all that. I just saw it as it came in. But, um, praise God. So, that's what it says. Amen. Yeah. Um, well, got a surprise tonight. I wasn't expecting it, but, um, I believe we got Sean Holmberg on the line tonight. Sean, are you there? Your man. Yeah, I'm Power, here. That's awesome. I, I wasn't expecting I, you tonight. Oh, I, I wasn't either. Great. I couldn't sleep. Um, I, um, had God bless me tonight, and so I couldn't sleep over it. Don't you hate that? What happens when when you you wake up realizing you're blessed by the Lord and it causes you not to be able to sleep? So, uh, so here, here um, here's a story for you. Um, tonight, my phone died, um, completely crashed, and um, I'm a, I'm on call at work all day, and um, so I have to ha- I literally have to have a phone like no matter what, I, even if it's like a $5 phone, I still have to have a phone to work and every, and every night. And so my phone died and I messed with it for a while and I couldn't figure it out. And so I called up the Sprint store and, um, cause I had an upgrade available and, but we don't have any money. I like, literally we have like no money to last until payday. Um, and so I really didn't have options to just go off and spend a whole lot of money. I mean, I think the most I could have, spent was right around 90 to a hundred dollars and that would still make my wife a little upset. Um, and so I, um, the sprint store said like they couldn't really help me and blah, blah, blah. And so I went up to the, um, or the sprint, um, customer service. So I actually drove to the sprint store next door and there was like two other people there and I waited in line and finally the manager of the store's there. And, um, so we talk a, a little bit while he's dealing with his other customers and, so um, the store closes at like eight o'clock, and he sta- he actually locked the door, stayed there with me till nine o'clock. And so here's what happened: he actually took my old phone, which gave me a credit for it, and because it's not the one I was gonna get, I was gonna get another a lot cheaper a lot cheaper phone than the one I ended up getting. And he kept looking at me and saying, "Are you sure that's the phone you want?" And it reminded me; it sort of reminds me when. Um, Chris, you were telling me how um, one time the Lord wanted to bless you, and a man asked you, well, what do you need? And you didn't really say anything. And you, do you remember that story? Right. 
and yeah. so you didn't get blessed as much as you should have. And so, um, so I'm in there, and he's like, "Is that really the phone you want?" And I'm like, "No, but I can't afford the one I want." And so after a few minutes, he came back and he said, "Here's what I'm going to do. Um, we're going to take your old phone, which is completely broken. I'm going to get one of my technicians to fix it." Because if they fix it, um, then you can get a $100 um, rebate, um, which I couldn't have gotten with my phone being completely broken as it was. And he said, I'm going to do this for you, this for you, this for you. All he wants you to do is when they call in, they call and ask you um, what the service was like, I want you to give me a good review. And so pretty much at, at the end of this whole ordeal with me being completely shocked that what's happening while I'm going through this process, um, for right about a hundred bucks, I actually ended up getting what is outside of an iPhone um, on the Android side of phones because either you either have an iPhone or you have an Android phone for the most part. I actually got the literally the best phone on the market today on the outside of an iPhone, um, and the phone goes for six hundred and like fifty dollars, and I got it for like a hundred and nineteen, including tax. Because this manager just decided for some reason he was going to bless this, my socks off tonight. Um, so that's the Lord's provision. Um, I, I walked in there, and to get a cheap, cheap phone, um, just to last me, would have cost me more than this than this top-of-the-line phone they have. Amen. Amen. And so, I mean, I, I am completely shocked because I mean, this is like one of those phones that like a technical like geeky person would just drool over. And I, I talked to my wife about it, and I was like, "Well, you know what? Maybe in like four or five months, I could save up and maybe get something close to what this one is." So um, the Lord really, really blessed me tonight because I I didn't have a phone, and He actually not only got me a phone to use. Um, and plus the store closed. I mean, they actually, this, this store manager kept the store open or an hour later just so he could do this for me. And I never even met the guy before. Um, so when we talk about the Lord doing exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, even in the simple things in life, this is one of them. Because for some people, a phone's not a big deal. For me, it's like almost like a livelihood, um, like having a computer. So... So yeah, God God is um amazing in many different ways. So there's my prayer you pray for, for the me? night. Will you pray for me a lawnmower? You need a lawnmower, Paul? <laughs> I need a big John Deere zero turn radius. Not a push lawnmower. I, I already prayed for a lawnmower and the Lord gave me a push lawnmower. I gave that to Christian before I left. You know, he had me out there mowing 20 acres with the push line. <laughs> morning. And that's when the Holy Ghost told me, he said, well, if you'll give me the the bin, the bin number of what you want, then maybe if you'll be a little bit specific with your prayer. Remember, Christopher? Hey, I remember when God was giving you tractor mowers and stuff in Farmersville. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you you know said, it's true. You I mean, I just... Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead, I actually, Sharon Westbury, um, one of our good friends, Sharon Westbury, used to tell me that, you know, one time um, she needed a vehicle, and she was getting ready to go to the store, and the Lord stopped her, and um, because the dealer was just trying to get her just whatever vehicle, and so the Lord actually told her to go pick out her vehicle, and he wanted it specific, and it reminded me of this book I read, um, 
and I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Um, it was, I think, it was by David Cho. David Cho, um, if if that name sounds familiar. But he wrote a book about um, about faith and about prayer and trusting God. And he said the biggest problem, one of the problems with um, our prayers, is that our prayers are sometimes so generic it actually ties the hands of God in a little bit, because even though God knows everything we need, he doesn't always know everything we want. And the Bible says he'll give us the desires of our hearts. But most times we don't know what the desires of our hearts are to begin with to ask for them. And so sometimes we, when we come to the Lord, we have to come to him with pretty specific things, not just saying, okay, Lord, I need a lawnmower, um, but saying, Lord, I, this is my need. I need this kind of lawnmower. And while you're at it and you're the God who's more than enough, give me this particular lawnmower. For example, you know, the Lord will provide. I mean, I mean, especially if it's a need that you actually have. There's no reason. Um, I'm, not, I'm not always into the, like, um, claim it, name it, and just, like, live a life of riches. But when it comes to need, the Lord will always provide for you. And he'll always give you better than what you thought that you would ever get. Um and so I, I'm firmly convinced so we can all come into agreement for Paul for a lawnmower, which he does need, and the, the Lord will bless him um, and bless him with something better than even what he could have thought he could get. So, um, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, <laughs> Father, we know who you are. We know what you can do. We know what your word declares, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you. For the provision, which is already ordained, which was already established Hallelujah. for Paul in this situation, Lord. Father, that you would lay it on his heart. Give him discernment, Father. Holy Spirit, guide him into the exact place that he needs to be. Put him in the, in the exact place with the right contact, Father. Lord, lay it on the heart of, those, of the salesperson he's going to talk to, Father. And, Lord, we ask that you would divinely arrange this blessing for him, Father and to provide this need for him as seemingly abundantly above all he can ask or think, according to your power, Father, and all for your glory, and Jesus, for your honor, Lord. Amen. 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 Right now we pray for Sherry, Lord. She uh, She's in need of a lawnmower, too, so we're just going to believe. Hey, anybody that needs a mower, why don't you jump in on this? I know it might sound silly to some people, but this is the deal. Let, let me just say it like this, okay? God says he'll supply part of your need or all of your need. You know, Philippians says God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so he he doesn't do anything half-baked. You know, when God does something, he does it exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. But the problem is a lot of people aren't asking God for what they need. God says be specific, and you have not because you ask not. And so whatever it is, listen, you know, we're not telling you just bring your wish list to God. This is the deal, okay? Uh, if your relationship's not right with God, you know, get that straight first. I mean, first things first. But, you know, trust God. We're, what we're saying here is don't just bring a wish list and bring your order to God, but trust God for every single thing in your life, whatever it is, whether it's spiritual, relational, financial, material, uh, whatever it is, occupational, whatever you need, ask him for it. Trust him with it. He doesn't just want to be God of your Bible study or God of your prayer time or God of the spiritual things. 
in your life. He wants to be Lord of all. He wants to be Lord of all. And so we're agreeing tonight. Listen, for Paul, you know, he he doesn't just run around and he doesn't just want a John Deere tractor so he can park it in his lawn and say, look look what I got. This brother's out there mowing and sowing and serving and giving. The reason I can say this, even though he lives 12 hours away from me or 10 hours, uh, I remember the day when he was mowing the whole neighborhood and you know he didn't he didn't do it for money he didn't do it because he had a lawn business or a landscaping business. This brother did that because it's something that the Lord told him to do, and he sowed a mower into our lives, which we needed. And all of a sudden he reaped a harvest. People started bringing him gasoline powered blowers. They were bringing him uh, riding lawn mowers. Next thing you know, this brother's getting you know he he gets blessed. You know when he goes up there, he, he needed a vehicle. God gave him a truck. He didn't have to go purchase his truck. God gave him a truck. You know, right now, he, he needs a riding lawnmower so he can go bless his neighbors, so he can go sow his life into the kingdom as a servant. And Sherry is, you know, serving, and she's blessing, and she's doing, you know, she's taking care of animals and taking care of her family and doing these things. She needs a riding lawnmower, too. And so, you guys, we're going to pray for Sherry real quick, specifically. Be specific in your prayers, guys. Be specific in your prayers, guys, because when you need something, you can ask him for it. And, you know, uh, you know, he just just trusts him with it. You know, whatever you speak, whatever you ask, whatever you say, you can have it. And so I'm just looking at some of the other things coming in. But uh, we've got a, a sister named Sherry, and uh, she just added in there she needs a lawnmower, too. She's got six and a half acres to mow. And, uh, you know, so we're going to pray for that. And then there's some other needs, too, that we're going to pray for. And, um, you know, he says he'll supply all of your what? Needs. Right? So, uh, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just pray. And since we're praying for mowers right now, Lord, we just believe, Father, for Sherry. We pray, Lord God, that you'd provide for her, Lord God, everything that she needs to take of her landscaping and her lawn care and taking care of her property and everything else going on there, Lord. And we just call in that mower in Jesus' name. We call in, Lord God, everything that she needs to take care of what she has on her plate, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God, that you provide, that you are Jehovah Jireh, and that, Lord, if you're our shepherd, we'll lack nothing. And, Lord, your word says if you are our shepherd, we will lack nothing. And so we just thank you, Father God, that there will be no lack in our lives, Lord, that you provide in your timing. You're not slack concerning your promises. And so, Father, also right now we pray, Lord God, for dental needs. Uh, my wife needs a dentist right now, and I'm just throwing that out there. And so you guys can agree with me for that, but, you know, since we've got people in agreement, we've got people praying, and uh, we we got our feet on the ground today, and we drove around, and the Lord kind of opened up possibly some situations. We'll see what happens with uh, this mission, East Dallas. Um, they do dental work. And uh, we don't know what God's going to do or how else he's going to do it, but my wife needs a dentist right now. So uh, I'm going to ask Paul, because I know Paul, I remember a day when this brother had an abscess tooth and he was driving down the highway, and next thing you know, if I believe right, they were going up towards the Allen or McKinney area or somewhere up there in, in north of Dallas, and God worked something out where he provided a dentist for this brother when he had an abscess. I believe I'm telling the story right. Am I telling the story right? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I forgot about okay. that. Okay. Yeah, well, I did it. 
All right, so God did it. And, uh, so, you know, hey, I'm going to ask you, Paul, since you got faith for that and you've already had that miracle once, I'm going to ask you to believe for Tracy, my wife, uh, for God to provide a dentist for her. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, man, lift up a prayer for my wife, man, because we cover your prayers and we know God hears you when you pray, uh, especially when it comes to dental needs. So uh, pray for my wife, man. She's got, yeah. Hey, Chris, yeah. this is what happened. We was we was driving home, and my face was swelling. And we didn't know what to do about a dentist. And as we were going through McKinney, heading to Farmersville, um, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost told me to tell my wife to take an exit at Wyatt, at White Exit. And I told my wife, I said, Take this exit. And you know my wife, you know, she's got those big eyes anyway. And all of a sudden, boom, her eyes got real big. And Olivia, boom, she drove that Mercedes down that exit, man. You know how we are, you know. Ah! And so my wife took that exit. She said, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't know. I said, slow down. I said, the, the Holy Ghost tells me to tell you to slow down and I said, go up here and go in this parking lot. We went up there, and we went in the parking lot, and boom, next thing you know, man, we're sitting in front of this dentist office. And I looked at my wife, and I thought, man, I said, I don't know about this, but I said, this is stuff that happens to Christ, the, 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 the Christopher and Tracy, you know, because you know how God works with y'all. And I walked in there, and I asked, I asked that lady, I said, look, I said, you know, you may not, you may think this is crazy, but. I said, we were driving down the highway, and I said, I'm in bad need of a dentist. I said, my tooth is abscess, it's hurting, my face is swelling. And I said, the Holy Spirit told me just to take the exit. My wife went from one lane to the next lane and took the exit, and the Holy Ghost told me to pull in this parking lot. I said, here y'all are. Um, I said, I said, is there any way you guys can see us? She said, well, she said, if you'll fill this out right here, we'll see you as soon as you get done. And I filled out a form, and next thing you know, I was in there, and bam, they was taking x-rays, and within 45 minutes, they gave me prescriptions, and we was out of there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, so, yeah, I forgot all about that, you know. God's done so many mighty and great things. You know, we're talking about a lawnmower. I have three lawnmowers right now, and every one of them were given to me. I, since I've been here... You know, I haven't had to buy anything. Everything's given to me. God puts me in people's life, and, you know, everything I have uh, is given to me. But what I want is, um, though I have a riding lawnmower, and I'm fixing to get a new one, but I have a, a snapper and a, a uh, Toro. I have a Toro just like I gave you back home. And when I got up here, God got get me what I gave you back. And um, but what I want is I want to you know in church I mow with a uh, Hustler seventy two inch um, seven millimeter heavy duty deck. You know that's six feet wide, and it takes me about five hours to mow. Uh, you know about six acres, and then all the other churches. See, I want something I can do. You know, I, I don't want to use my churches. A lot more to do other things. Well, let's pray for your teeth. Um, I'm so grateful that Sean is on the line tonight. Um, 
and we're all here. The Bible says that two or three gather in agreement, and that whatsoever we live to the Lord, as long as we believe it in our heart. You know, there's one thing to lift things to the Lord and not believe. Uh, right. But as long as you truly believe, um, I believe that God is taking you and tracing through a storm right now that your windshield wipers can't even remove the rain for you to see where you're driving. I mean, you're just driving in blind faith. And if you've ever driven down the road in a good rainstorm and hits a big old puddle of water, the next thing you know, you're hydroplaning and you can't see and you don't have any earthly idea where you're going. Believe me, it's faith. And that's the kind of storm that God's sending you through right now. He's sending you through a storm where you can't even see out your windshield and your hydroplaning uh, going over a bridge. And I've, we've done that since we've been here. And uh, believe me, it's not a it's not a uh, good feeling. But my wife always yeah. prays in, in tongues, and she always prays Psalms 91 over us every time we get it behind the wheel, especially me now that I got my driver's license. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Christopher and Sean. Lord, we thank you um, that you give us this opportunity that the three of us can gather in unity, can gather in agreement uh, so that your name, Heavenly Father, can be glorified through this platform. Um, Heavenly Father, we give praises unto you for all the people for all your children in the chat room, Heavenly Father, for all the souls, for all the clay that you have downloaded to go to Blog Talk Radio and join us for this prayer so that they may see the fruit that manifests when three brothers join hands together and give their alms and their praises to you, God. Father, I thank you for Christopher. Your word says without faith is impossible to please you, Heavenly Father. For he that comes to you must believe that you are what? That you are the rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Heavenly Father, in the church they say that we should not talk about ourselves. That it should be others that give praises about us. And Father, as I stand here under your anointing, Father, your son Christopher is very obedient. And my brother Sean will stand in agreement and lift his name on high. Christopher and Tracy are soldiers for the Lord. They are ambassadors. They serve you, Heavenly Father, exceedingly abundantly what, what you even call them to do. Heavenly Father, they, 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 they lift your name up in praise and thanksgiving. They worship your name, Heavenly Father. Everywhere they go, they carry the ark of Jesus, they lay hands on the sick, they get healed, Heavenly Father. You use them to download prophetic words over people's lives of the past, of the present, and the future, Heavenly Father. You use them in mighty ways, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as I stand in the gap, and I thank you and give you praises for Christopher and Tracy. 
We thank God, Heavenly Father, for Christopher's helpmate, Tracy. And if we lift all the needs for Tracy and her teeth, Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just pray that you send out all the legions, all the angels necessary, Father, all the optometrists, all the podiatrists, all of the orthodontists, Heavenly Father, all the oral surgeons. Father, we just pray from the eyes of her head to the soles of her feet to her teeth. Bring them all. Bring all the doctors to her, Heavenly Father. One may need, one may see her feet need healing. The other may see her eyes need healing. But, Heavenly Father, we pray in the orthodontists, the oral surgeons of heaven. We know for a fact, Heavenly Father, because we've seen you do it with so many people, that you have all the teeth that she needs. We know, Heavenly Father, we pray that you will do a creative miracle in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, for Tracy. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will bring in from the north, south, and the east, and the west an orthodontist for braces, for new teeth, for implants, Heavenly Father, for enamel coating, Heavenly Father. Whatever the needs are, Father, beautify your daughter. You are the potter. She is the clay, Heavenly Father. We just give you praises that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than what your little daughter could ever even imagine, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank I'm you, still, brother. I'm still practicing. I'm still practicing on my praying, man. <laughs> yeah, you're doing fine, man. Keep praying because you're you're good at it. You know, it's, it's Jesus in you. It's always good right, in you. Well, we we uh, we we we're gonna we're gonna be laughing one day because uh, your your wife is gonna have new teeth and Sherry's gonna have a riding lawnmower. Um, I wish I knew how I could get the riding lawnmower. I'm gonna fix for me. Up there, because I'm fixing to get a new lawnmower, you know, um, and she's going to get a lawnmower too. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, something, I was going to say something, um, Paul, you were saying about um, not necessarily being a good prayer. Well, you know, uh, we know that the words don't matter. But, you know, sometimes um, you don't even have to really say anything. You don't need pretty much any words at all um, because the authority doesn't come in the words. It comes in the – it doesn't come in the words, but it comes in the identity. And it comes with the authority in which, that you actually carry and the authority that you represent, which is the authority of Jesus and it doesn't matter if you mumble like Moses through every single prayer. Um, all that matters is that you know in whom you believe and you know in whom you serve, because the enemy does. And, you know, it's all about the name of Jesus, and it's about his work and, and the things that he did on the cross. And when he said it was finished, and he meant it was finished. And, you know, just the very act of obedience of coming before the Lord in faith and declaring his word back to him is all that it really takes, um, no matter how it comes out sounding, because, you know, the, the Father um, knows all things. And, um, you know, I know many men, of, men and women of God who've um, seen many um, what we would call nowadays signs and wonders, but in the old days they would just call them um, 
normal attributes of being a Christian. Um, but many men and women of God who would storm um, heaven and earth and command enemies to flee and um, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, cause they would pray and have men raised from the dead. Not so much because they had the right words and the right formulas to say, but they knew the word of God and they knew what the Bible had already declared. And they were willing to walk in that with the Lord. So um, for all of you out there, I mean, you don't have to be a good anything. You just have to be a follower. You just have to be um, a child of the Most High God. And that automatically places you in the realm of the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And every word that comes out of your mouth comes out of your mouth as if he spoke it himself. Because it says we're, we're ambassadors of Christ. Amen. But, you know, you got to understand, though, Christopher told me I have the same Holy Ghost that he has, and he laid his hand on my heart. Amen. Same Holy Ghost. Amen. You got the same Holy Ghost that Jesus has. Amen. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's what the Word says, you know. So I'm just quoting what the Word says. You know, if you're a child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, saved through faith in Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit, same Holy Spirit. And so praise God. You know, if you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, you're an heir, you're a joint heir with Christ, which means the same blessings, the same privileges, the same love that the Father had in Christ, he wants to bestow on every child of God. The same blessings, the same anointing, the same power, the same privileges, the same love. And so praise Jesus, you know, that we have that opportunity to allow Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit to to work in our lives to affect other people's lives. And, you know, we all need prayer. This is the deal. Even the people, even those of us, Paul and his wife and Sean and his wife, me and my wife, the reason why I don't hesitate to ask for prayer is because I know there's nothing in me that's good apart from Jesus Christ. And unless the Holy Spirit is doing it, unless God's building this ministry, unless God's speaking through us and touching through our lives, there's nothing good that's going to happen. So we need God in our lives. We need prayer. We need the kingdom of God to come, and we need the will of God to be done. And, you know, don't think, you know, I'm not saying forget everybody else and pray. You know, yeah, we need to pray for everybody. We need to all join in agreement. We need to all get in unity and pray for each other. The Bible says one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. The Bible says the two or more are gathered in his name and agree touching anything that shall be done. So even Jesus himself said there's power in agreement. And so we just believe in it. We believe in what Jesus says. And so thank you, guys. I just want to say publicly for everyone that's in the chat room, everyone that's listening, everyone that's on the platform, we covet your prayers. We're grateful that people would stand in the gap for us and lift us up to the Father. And that's what we need, you know. So, you know, my asking, it's not out of selfishness if it ever comes across the way. It's it's out of desperation. It's out of pure, I need Jesus, my wife needs Jesus, and everybody, 
uh, in this chat room needs Jesus, you know. So it's out of a desperate cry from our hearts that we say pray, you know. So. Hi, Chris. Yes, sir. I want to share a little story because I met you on March 1st of 2008. Okay. And. You met Diane Nutt 24 years ago, and she is your spiritual mother. Right. And then you introduce me to Brian Cliff, and then Brian Cliff takes me over to um, Church of His Glory. And I made Diane Nunn. She prophesied over me, telling me, and, and when I was living in Farmersfield, that the Lord's going to move me somewhere phenomenal in six months. That was on September 6th. January 26th, we pulled out of Farmersfield. We slept at your house one night at the, in the room that you prepared for the prophet. Yeah. We come to Kansas. The same Holy Ghost that works through you and works through Diane Nutt works through me. And as I'm going by the Coca-Cola, get me a Coca-Cola at the elevator one night, that's where I saw Ron sitting up here at the corner at the corner corral, getting up there sitting in his 18-wheeler, um, and his truck was on fire. And Oh, wow. Wow, so that's how I met Little One Ton, and I led Little One Ton to the Lord. And now Little One Ton goes down to Houston, and he's been saving all this change for the trailer park and mobile home park ministry that your spiritual mother, Diane Nutt, has, that you've known for 24 years. And now that God works in the circle, and now... Ron pulled up at 11 o'clock last night in Rockwall, Texas, and uh, met Apostle Diane and Kenneth Nutt. Oh, he came in last night? He came in last night. He spent two hours oh, I up at their church. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, well, I uh, he, was, he got in there early this morning, and I hope Ron will call in so he can tell you what happened, but... Apostle Diane laid hands on him and Kenneth, and now Holy Ghost was on Diane big time, which you obviously know. Ron said that, that she couldn't keep his hand on her head because it was so hot. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, Ron, the phone number to, to call in is 619, which stands for Matthew 619. And then it's 638-8458. That's Luke 638, Psalms 84, and the 54 covenant blessings of Jesus. 619-638-8458. Ron, you need to call in so you can tell Christopher what happened last night because I know he wants to know. It was a good story, Chris. And uh, Yeah, it was all the uh, he was here last night. Man, I couldn't sleep last night. I was up till 3 o'clock in the morning last night. I would have loved to know he was already in. Hey, I think Ron just called in. He's seven eight five. I'm gonna patch him in live. I'm gonna patch him in live with us real quick. Uh, right now, actually. So, all right. Hey, brother Ron. Hey, what? 
Hey, God bless you. I didn't, I didn't know you were in town last night. I was expecting you to pull in today. And I've been running all day. We didn't even get back home till about, nine, you know, a little bit before 9 o'clock, more or less. And, I'm sitting uh, in New Kansas right now. What's that? I'm I'm sitting in Newton, Kansas right now. Wow, I didn't even know you came through. We you you came a day early, man. I thought I thought you were coming in Tuesday. I didn't I didn't know well, any better. So that, that that's what you get for uh, uh, having to unload on a Sunday. I get all screwed up when I have to unload on a Sunday. I got you. Well, it sounds like God had some things in store. We'd love to hear what happened. I bet you would. <laughs> yes, sir. We would. Um, well, why don't you take a minute and share with us? Well, do I have to? Yes, sir. We'd love for you to. We testify that you know that's how people get we get their faith built up is finding out what God is doing in other people's lives. It's one thing to read it in a book; it's another thing to hear it from somebody's mouth and it actually happened. You know, so tell us what tell us what happened. Well. I got on the phone with with Kenneth, and I stayed on the phone with him up four or five times yesterday. Yesterday, trying to uh, uh, see if they're going to stay up late, or whether I was going to have to do it this morning, or or just what. And they all decided they wanted to do it last night. So I went to the truck stops, tried to find a place to park. I couldn't find no parking places. So we put a big 18-wheeler right downtown, uh, right down there in that church parking lot. We went inside. Wow. We had we and we we did a lot of talking, visiting, getting to know each other. I showed uh, Diane my legs. I said, "Can you help me?" She said, "Yes." Hallelujah. And. Um, then I had my money that I had. I told her about my, I had uh, probably $100 there of uh, money that I had bent over and picked up and off the parking lot. I, I gave that to her, and she prayed over it. And I gave her the money, that about $180 that I had saved up for for her, for uh, her parking lot, her Raider Park seeds. She went up there, she prayed over that, she took a picture and said that <clears throat> she's going to share it with her people tomorrow night. Amen. I hope I'm not, uh, I'm glad I'm not going to be there. <laughs> Hi, but anyway, huh? Tell him about her laying her hand on you and and then oh, kind of I'm getting tell there. Him. I'm getting there. All right, okay. <laughs> We're not rushing you, man. Take all the time you need. Hey, I'm excited. Well, Paul, Paul's excited, you know. Then then Paul's name come up in it. And then uh, Olivia's name come up, you know. Uh, I told him how how Olivia that has to be uh, an in-between me and Paul whenever Paul gets mad at me or or I get mad at Paul, Olivia has to step in and, and cool things down. And I said something about Paul 
about uh, being there at the right place at the wrong time or whatever. And uh, she says that Paul, I said, what's this I hear you sent Paul to Kansas or whatever. She said, yeah. And she says, we got one person instead of 99. So I guess he was supposed to be, I was supposed to be there, and I was the one that was supposed to be who he brought to the Lord instead of his 99 that he was supposed to take care of. Amen. Anyway, anyway, we got up there, and I had my money in my my little key cat, and they decided they were ready to pray for me, and and uh, Kenneth and Diane put their hands on me, on my shoulder, and and uh, they held their hands above my head because if they put it on my head, I think my brain would have been fried. Because <laughs> if I'd have had hair up there, it had been standing straight on in because they had power with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you. Wow. Wow. Amen. Hey, yeah, wow. Amen. Whoa. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's, that's great. Awesome. I'm glad I, I'm glad you got my, the experience. My legs, my legs feel a lot better. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not. They've got a long ways to go. Uh, she prayed for my shoulder. Uh, it's got a long ways to go yet. But I, I got new friends, people that I, I could only write to. I never talked to, and they're very dear to me. Amen. Yeah, they're good people. They, uh, they gave me a, they gave me a Bible. They gave me a Bible and, and a little Bible, and they gave me a book about the cloth and another one about the new beginning and wrote in that. And then whenever I got ready to leave, I have a Bible that, that and if I ever see you and Sean, that you're going to have to sign it too. But I have a Bible that my kids started back in 07 uh, signing for me and, and I had Paul and J.R. and his wife and Olivia sign it and Diane and Kenneth signed it last night and uh, you guys if I ever see you, you'll get to sign it too. Amen. Well yeah so we know you're in town um We'll definitely meet. I, I had no idea it was last night. I'm sorry I missed it. So. Well, I, I was uh, going to call you, and then I said, well, he might, you know, you, you've got all that problems with Tracy and everything, so I didn't want to bother you. And I wasn't really for sure when I was really going to be there because, um, you know, anything could happen to me between Houston and and. When I called <clears throat> Kenneth, I said, hey, I'll be there in four hours. I said, I'm 200 miles away from Rockwall. And every time I'd call him, I'd tell him how far I was. And then finally he said, well, when you get into Dallas, let me know. And then, you know, we went from there. But we did have a real good real good uh, meeting and I wanted to take a picture of my truck in the church, but it was just too dark. Right. You should have. 
You should have prayed for God to send the moon over here again. Well, that was that that only worked one time. That's a one time deal now. That's that's between me and God, that's one time deal. Wow. Well. But uh, we didn't want to scare everybody in Dallas now, you know, it was the sky the moon wasn't out and we didn't want I mean it was out, but it was somewhere behind them rain clouds, I guess. Amen. Uh, we didn't want to scare everybody in Dallas now. All of a sudden it shows up, and, but I, I think it only showed uh, that night. Them guys up there at the guard shack, they didn't see no moon out there, and they more or less thought I was telling little stories, but I'm not. That moon was there. Or I'd have never got that trailer in that little hole. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Well, let me ask you this: When's the next time you've got a load out this way that you know of, or you don't? You don't never know, or is it just a day? I never, I never know. Now, now that I'm, well, I just hate to go down there and, and go to where I was. I mean, you know, uh, Papa's on my case and wants me to get him a bus ticket and bring him back to Salina and. Like I told Paul, it's just impossible for me as a truck driver to do something like that. Right. And it's impossible for me to go to Houston with a big truck and, and try to get around it. I don't think that man understands what, you know, what I have to go through to get around Houston anyway. You're talking right. about a truck that's 74 foot long. Try to get around and he said, well, I'm downtown. You've got all kinds of room. Well, all kinds of room for a car or, or what? But it's not for a truck because I'm not even allowed downtown Houston. You know? Right. I know I know my rules and regulations, and I know and I know he's got rules and regulations with God. And, and I just can't abide by it all the time. I asked God to send me down there, but... I guess he decided he I didn't need to be down there either. So I just you know, um I've got one place that comes up once in a while as we haul pizzas into Richardson. And then we go out to um uh Ennis 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 and pick up. Oh you go to Ennis? Yeah, we uh, well, we, we, uh, haul, we haul Sterilite out of Ennis. All right. But, well, praise God. Well, if, if it ever uh, comes up. You, if, yeah, uh, if you come back up to Ennis, man, that's only a 45-minute drive from us, more or less. So, you know, if, you, know if you're that, out to I know, but, but see, we haul into Richardson. Right there in. Okay. Well, that's even closer. You got. But see. We haul. Uh, we we have to be in there. We go in there about uh, uh, two o'clock of the afternoon, and then I don't usually don't. I'm not able to load back out until nine ten o'clock that night. So that gives me plenty of time that maybe I can get with you guys. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We just need to kind of coordinate uh, it better and make sure we know which day you're coming, and then we'll we'll plan accordingly for sure. Uh, that's, that's all I know to do, you know. I, I just, you know, I just work it, and yeah, whenever something comes up that I, sounds like I can use, uh, I'll do it. But 
you know, this is the first time anything's ever come up going to Houston in my direction, so. Right. I'll see well, what I can do. Yeah, I was going to say, keep us posted, you know, when you are coming back through anywhere within an hour or so, and we'll, you know, we'll try to coordinate something or figure something out as long as we know which day you're going to be here. I wish I would have been able to come out there last night. Um, had I known, I would have called Diane and told her, you know, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm coming too, but I didn't know. So, um, well, she said she told me that it's been over a year since you've been to her church. How come? Yeah, it probably has. I mean, we're uh, you know we pastor uh, and co or co pastor another church in Rockwall, so we've got quite a few commitments out there and. Um, you know, we just, you know, sometimes Diane and I'll go a year and not see each other, but when we reconnect, it's, it's like we just saw each other last week, you know, and so, um, you know, praise God, we'll see. Um, I, I was actually going to touch base with her this week just to kind of let her know what, how some things have transitioned with our ministry and what's going on and, you know, what's been going on with things. So I'll get her side of the story about how things went with you guys uh, probably in the next couple of days. So that'll that'll be interesting to hear her, you know, perspective on it, too. I, I, I figured Paul had already got on the, on the Skype or on the, on Facebook or something and, and already pried it out over to what went on last night. Uh, he right he's closed mouth. He's not saying nothing. No, I'm listening. I... Uh... I've been I've been busy mowing. I've been busy sowing seed all day. I didn't you you talked to me, but when I got in the bathtub, I I barely got a time for the prayer international. Well, I know, right, but okay. I figured I figured you'd already I figured you'd already uh, since I hadn't said anything. I figured you'd already got on the line with with Diane uh, and and talked to her before you talked to me. No, I. Uh... I uh, I know God's at work. Uh, I was going to say, guys, yeah, we've got a couple guys dialed in that want to pray and one that wants to share some things also. And, um, you know, they've been kind of hanging loose, too. So let's do this. I want to pray for Ron uh, before we kind of bring a few other people in real quick. And uh, I'm going to say a prayer for Ron and, then I've got a, a brother named Roger and a brother named Alex that are both kind of standing by. One wants to pray, and the other one wants, has a word uh, just to kind of share. And uh, we've led him on the platform a few times, and it's usually pretty powerful. So let's do this. Um, let's pray for Ron, and um, then I'm going to bring these guys on and see what they want to bring to the table. And um, we'll just kind of go from there. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for brother Ron. Lord, we just pray, Father, as he's in Kansas, Father God, that, Father, you would just lead him and guide him by your Holy Spirit, Father. You'd put your ministering angels around his truck, around his path tonight, Father God, that, Lord Jesus, you would just bless him, Father. Lead and guide his steps, Father. Give him divine appointments along the way. And we pray, Father God, that as he journeys down the road, Lord God, you would just set up situations for him that would bring blessing and glory and honor to you, Lord, and that would become and be a blessing in Ron's life. Father, just like you had Paul and Olivia run into him, just like you had him pull through last night into Dallas and get a blessing, just like you led him and guided him down and, and been his shining light in the midst of that darkness, 
Father, we pray, Lord God, for your blessings to continue pour out over Ron's life, that he would feel and, and experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, he would receive Jesus in his heart by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that he's saved. We know that he loves you. And we pray that he would have such an encounter with your Holy Spirit over the next few weeks and months, Father, that, that it would just take him into new depths and new glories and new experiences with you. Father, just give him ears to hear your voice. Give him just a heart to just follow you, Lord God, and we thank you for his heart. We thank you for the, the obedience of your servant, Lord, that, that gives, Lord God, to your people. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. We just give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. And we just thank you, Lord. So I just speak a blessing over him tonight, Father. Just continue to work that healing in his life. Father, and just use him mightily. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well listen, I'm gonna bring uh I'm gonna bring a couple guys on right now. Um one we wanna pray have him pray real quick. And then I'm gonna turn part of the show over to Brother Roger who's kinda of got a word burning in his heart tonight. Um all right. Well, listen, right now I've got uh, Brother Roger live. I've also got uh, Alex I just hatched in live that wants to pray a prayer for his colleagues and some of the people that he works with and, and some of the people he works around. And so I'm going to turn it over to Alex real quick, and then we're going to pray. And then when he's done praying, we're done praying, we're going to turn it over to Roger, and he's going to bring a word for a little bit. Uh, Alex, are you there? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Um because this is the same, okay, this is the Roger that you were sharing with me about uh, earlier tonight. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, this is this is the brother I was sharing with you about. Oh, uh, okay, well, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I want to be sensitive, um, you know, uh, to the Holy Spirit. Um, anyways, so, <clears throat> Father, uh, so I texted you, there's, Two or three things that I texted you. And one was just in the last, you, what you shared with me about um, uh, Roger, and then also about UT Southwestern, which is a university campus that's filled with all kinds of clinics in the Dallas area. Um, and uh, just lots of patients. There's, they have all kinds of clinics. I, I actually work at a um, one clinic in particular, I'm going to be as vague as possible, but uh, I will say this. There's a lot of people with a lot of diet conditions that go in there, uh, varying, varying ages, varying backgrounds, uh, financial, uh, uh, social, various races. And uh, a lot of them are, you know, just kind of gliding in. Um, and a lot of them are just kind of like, you know, barely making it in, and 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 um, so just to lift them up. Um, uh, and um, is there anything uh, you want to say before we before I jump in and pray? No, I, I was gonna say, why don't you go ahead and pray, and then we're gonna just kind of roll it over to Roger for a minute because I I told him to call in and, and share the word tonight for a little bit if he if he felt that and. Uh, but I know we've got some prayer needs, and while we're all on the line, we might as well agree in prayer, and then yeah. just uh, I'm, you know, just gonna kind of roll okay. it back over to Roger. Hey, Roger, are you are you on with us right now? 
Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Sit down for just a minute, brother. We're going to pray, and then um, we're going to roll it over to you. So, Alex, why don't you just pray? Uh, just just kind of to the point, and um, we'll just kind of go from there. Yes, sir. Um, Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, your son and the promises that uh, are ours in Jesus. Your, your son said if we would agree with touching anything, it would be done by you in heaven. Father, you, you will also talk to pray, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. Father, we pray that your kingdom will come uh, at UT Southwestern as it is in heaven. So thank you for every patient that walks in those doors. Um, and uh, including all the staff and, and every, um, all the co-workers, the people that, that work in that environment, um, we thank you for the lives, but especially the patients, Lord. We ask you, Father, we just, you're, you said it's for us to agree. So, Father, we agree that the light of your love will shine from their hearts in the name of Jesus. They will be translated from the kingdom of darkness. They're not already translated into the kingdom of your dear son. And also that, that you'd reveal your love to each and every one of them in healing. Stretch out your hand in the name of Jesus, we pray. Heal their bodies. Minister deliverance and freedom uh, physically to them in their bodies, God. We pray for total restoration. And if, you know, and however you, 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 uh, whatever degrees of restoration they need, that you'll minister restoration from the inside out, from the outside in, however you want to do it, but minister life. And total restoration to them. We agree for for their restoration, God, and uh, for your kingdom to fully come in this camp in 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 Dallas. In the name of Jesus. And uh, Amen. Jesus. Amen. Uh, are we lifting up Roger now, or are we we transferring yeah, we- it over to him? Yeah, we uh we've got Roger on the line and um you know, I just wanna give you a chance to pray real quick and then I could this brother man when he takes off you never know what he's gonna do, so I just wanted to give him a little bit of time to share his heart, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm uh I'm actually gonna put you back into the show, Alex, so you'll be muted so you can just right and share Yeah, but we appreciate you praying. We're gonna keep praying for you two southwestern and and keep praying for your colleagues and, and the patients there, all right? And um, I'm going to touch base with you in the morning, so I'll call you in the morning, and uh, we'll just go from there. Thank you, Okay, bless you. All right, brother. Hey, uh, Roger? Yeah, I'm here. All right, brother. It's all you. Uh, go for it. I appreciate it, Chris. Um I was actually just trying to, honestly, I didn't think that I was going to, you know, come on, you know, tonight and, you know, really say anything. But um, I was really just, uh, I was thinking about it and meditating, and I just felt that, you know, God put something in my heart, um, you know, and I'm really actually kind of excited about what he put in my heart because, you know, I love preaching faith. And uh, what he basically put in my heart was simply this, um, whose report will you believe? And uh, basically, um, you know, last week and the week before that, you know, I was talking about fighting the spiritual battle, and then the week before that, enduring. 
But, um, you know, I just felt my heart to preach, you know, just off of that topic, which is whose report will you believe? Basically, um, you know, for those who don't know me, um, you know, God's, you know, called me, you know, to preach. So I just, you know, just pray that anything and everything that comes out of my mouth be of his will and purpose, that I don't say anything that's not according to his will and purpose. And, you know, it's it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So, um, basically, I uh, just want to preach off that topic. The Word of God uh, simply declares to us, So shall be my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. Oftentimes, as Christians, what we tend to do is we we believe in God, but we don't believe oftentimes what people will not believe in is the fullness of his word. The Bible says, O Lord, forever your word is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. One thing is sure, and, and that is that his word will never pass away. Anything that he said that he's going to do, he will do. Um, anything that, you know, that's in the Bible, you can declare it. I mean, it's a promise. It's a covenant to us. Um, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Will he say, and will he not do, or has he, or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. If he speaks something, it's going to happen, period. The same God that said, let there be light, if he gives you a promise, if he declares something to you in your life, that thing will stand. It will come to pass. You see, the thing is, as Christians, being a believer, a lot of people, you know, think that, you know, being a believer is just believing in him. But if that were the case, you know, the, the demons would have a place in the kingdom of heaven. But the Bible declares, even the demons believe and tremble. It says, thou believe there is one God, thou dost well, even the demons believe and tremble. So the point is simply this. True true faith, pure faith, is not simply just believing in God. It's believing that his word is going to do what it says that it's going to do. It's believing that what he's spoken, he will perform it. The Bible says that he will perform it to the day of Christ Jesus. So the, the point is this, is that we have to be firm on the things that he's spoken to us. If God has spoken something into your life or if he's told you that he's going to do something, he's going to perform his word. The, the Bible says – tells us, uh, it says, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If God be for us, who could be against us? So what we have to understand as Christians, if he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. True faith isn't simply just believing. True faith is, is reaching out to, to a rope that you can't see, pulling yourself up to a place that you've never been in, walking down a path that you haven't seen yet, not while not even understanding the circumstances, still walking in it. It's believing in the, the word even when the circumstances and the situation don't seem ideal, what we have to understand is that faith is, is walking in we, what we cannot see, not walking uh, in what we can see. If you walk in what you can see, you're not walking in faith. If I were to you know, walk down a certain path and say, I believe this path is here, I'm going to walk down this path, that's not faith. Faith is walking in what you can't see. Faith is not always going to be reasonable. It's not always going to seem – it's not always going to be reasonable. It's going to defy all – uh, it's going to defy all all physics. True faith is being able to to walk up to the Red Sea and say, I don't know how God's going to do it, but it will part when I get there. True faith is being able to stand firm on what he said, not even though you don't understand how he's going to do it, it's standing firm on what he said, knowing that his word will not return void. 
the thing is, is that what a lot of times, you know, Christians, what they, what we have problem, problems doing is believing in the promises of God. The Bible says that Abraham, not being weak in faith, not considering his own body, being over 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb, is that he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, believing that what he had promised, he is also able to perform it. The, the situation, the circumstances is not, always, is not always going to be ideal. When God tells you to do something, he's not always going to give you the instructions. He's not always going to tell you how to do it. He's going to tell you what to do, and, and he might not speak another word until you get there. True faith is being able to hold on. To, to hold on to, when there's nothing to hold on to, to be able to stand firm and stand strong when you don't have much to stand on. True faith is being able to walk in what he's told you, not knowing how he's going to perform. If God gave you all the instructions on what he's going to do, that wouldn't be faith. Faith is not walking in what you know. It's walking in what you don't know. True faith is being able to walk in the unseen, saying, I, I believe that what God had promised me that he was going to do, that he will fulfill it. God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible also says that it is, it is impossible for God to lie. He can't lie. The only thing that he can't he, – it's impossible for him to lie. What does that mean? If he were to speak to a certain situation or circumstances, if he were to say, look at that tree, even if there was not a tree there, as soon as he speaks it, there will be one. God cannot lie. The same God that said, let there be light, if he were to speak a situation, if he were to speak something into your situation, your circumstances, it will come to pass. It's just standing firm on what he had spoken until it comes to pass. It's not about if it will come to pass. It's are you going to wait for it to come to pass? Are you going to be able to stand in faith? True faith is being able to walk on the water towards Jesus, defying all physics, understanding that if he said come, that, that he, he's going to make the way for you to be able to come. You see, when Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus, it said that the winds of opposition came against him, and then he sank. The, the, the winds came against him, a great tempest. That, that, it signifies the winds of opposition. When God calls you to do something, there's always going to be an opposition. It's not going to always be easy walking in faith. True faith is not just believing that there is a God. It's believing that he's going to do what he said that he's going to do. If the, the the thing about the Bible that we have to understand is that it's the infallible word. Anything that's in there, you can declare it over your life. It's not a name and a claim it gospel. It's just believing in what he's told you that he's going to do. I mean, I know God's given me promises over my life, and I believe that what he has spoken, he is able to perform it. He's not going to speak something to you or tell you that he's going to give you something. He's not going to say, I will never leave you nor forsake you and then leave you. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Will he say and will he not do? See, what we have to understand is that anything that the Bible declares, you can receive it into your life. It is just coming into an agreement. The Bible says on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. What we have to do is just come into an agreement with the word that he has already spoken. It's not declaring something that God is – if you start declaring a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, all these types of things, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. It says that you ask in a mist that you may spend it on your guilty pleasures. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming into an agreement with what he's told you. If the Bible says by his stripes we are healed, all you have to do is declare his word. Some people, what they'll do is they'll believe that God heals, but they don't believe that God's going to heal them. 
what we have to understand as Christians is that any time that God says he's going to do something in our lives, the devil is going to try to come against it. You have to stand firm on what God has shown you, what he's given you. If he's told you he's going to do something in your life, if he's told you, if you have family, I don't know who I'm speaking to. If you have family out there that's not saved, that you want saved, they can be saved, but you have to stand firm on God's word. You have to stand firm believing that God is able to perform his word. Some people believe God's word, but they don't believe he's able to perform what he said that he's going to perform. Or they don't believe that, he's going to be, that he can do what he said that he's going to do. True faith doesn't always make sense. True faith doesn't always – it's not always reasonable. A lot of times faith is unreasonable. It asks you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. True faith says, I know that if I reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I'll be made whole. That's, they, it, when they touched Jesus' garment and were made whole, they, they weren't even touching him as a person, his person. They were touching the garments that were attached to him. Knowing that if they could get close enough to him, that they, if they were to be able to even touch his clothing, true faith is not always going to be defied with with what what's reasonable. It's not it's not always going to be rational. If you if you are walking in something that makes sense, it's not faith. If if you're walking in something, let me put it to you like this: If you're walking in something that you already know he's going to do, if he's already paved the path, that's not faith. Faith is being able to be like Abraham, where God told Abraham, He said, "I want you to go sacrifice your son on on the mountain that I tell you, that I, that I show you." He, the last word that God spoke to Abraham is when He told him that He was going to go sacrifice his son. He didn't tell him the path. He didn't tell him where to go. He didn't say anything else. It's it's are you going to be able to endure the silence? Are you going to be able to continue and press on even when you can't hear his voice, when you're going through the fire and nobody's around you to be able to pull you out of it? That's true faith. Some people's faith hasn't been tested in that way yet, and it's because you, a lot of times people don't take this the wrong way, aren't ready to, to be brought to that level of faith yet. True faith says, like Moses, speaks like Moses, when I get to the Red Sea, it's going to part when I get there. If I, once I start walking on the water, I'll be able to stand. Do you see what I'm saying? So what we have to understand is this, is that when we walk in faith, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him because those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. The Bible says that faith worketh through love. Anything that you do, if your faith is that if there's not love involved in it. And that just goes towards your relationship with others. But the point is this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? Because anything that you're going to receive from God is going to be in faith. He's not always going to lay out the blueprints and lay out the plans and make everything, you know, put everything in front of you. If he were to tell you the path that you were going to walk and tell you how to get there and tell you what you're going to go through before you get there and what to expect and what road signs that you're going to see and what you're going to see before you get there and show you what's going to come against you on the way there, I mean, that wouldn't be faith. Faith is being able to walk in the unseen with your eyes closed, him leading you, telling you where to go, and you walking in obedience, understanding that if he told you to do it, he's going to pull you through until he performs his word. True, see, the thing is about – the thing about faith is that if, if we are to walk in what we see, we wouldn't be operating in faith. Our whole, our horse, our whole spiritual – walk 
is a walk of faith. It's we if God were to come and reveal himself to you and say, Hi, I'm God, that wouldn't be faith. Faith is believing in what you can't see, knowing that, and just being able to just do your due diligence, be able to, to continue in your walk, just trusting and believing, knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, knowing that when it's all said and done, you're going to be able to see the reward of your labor. The thing is this, is that as Christians, we have to be able to have a strong, solid foundation underneath us. We have to be able to have something to stand on. We can't have anything to stand on if we haven't gone through anything. If you haven't went through anything, what do you have to stand on? What can you look back and say, I know what God's able to do because I've seen what he's done. When David fought Goliath, he said, The Lord, the same Lord that delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, he shall deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So true faith is being able to walk in, in the things that you can't see, trusting in him. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So... We are not always going to understand what we're going through. It's not our job to understand what we're going through, but to just trust in him that he will bring us through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they came out of the fire, it says that they didn't, their garments didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like the, like the smoke that was being caused by the fire. The, the fire was burning, and it was causing it, it caused smoke, obviously. There was something there that was burning that was causing smoke. They didn't even smell like the residue of of the fire that they walked through. Not only were they not burned, they didn't even smell like the residue. When we come through in faith, when, when God brings you through the fire, he said, when you walk through the fire, I'll be with you, and the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the water, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. When we come through the fire, we're going to come through pure as gold, not smelling even like the residue of the stuff that we went through. It's a refining process. It refined. That's why it says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials of the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and though you do not see him, yet believing, rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That your faith being much more precious than gold, though it is tested by fire. Our faith is always going to be tested by fire. What what kind of testimony do you have without a test? What kind of testimony do you have if you haven't been through anything? That's, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm not beating anybody up on, you know, on this preaching or whatever, but that, I'm just telling it like it is. What kind of testimony do you have without a testing? You can't have a testimony without a test. You have to go through certain things. I mean, that's part of it. The Bible says he sends rain on the just and the unjust. The good and the bad, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're righteous or unrighteous. If every Christian person walking on this planet never had to go through anything, then everybody would want to be a Christian because they would say, look at all these Christians. They don't have to go through anything. That's not the way that it works. Your, your trials give you something to stand on. When you can look back and say, I know what God's done, therefore I know what he's doing, and I know what he's going to continue to do in my life because I've seen his hand in action. True faith is being able to, to, to trust in him when, when, when the situations and circumstances seem like there's no way, no how that you're going to be able to get out of it to where nobody around you to pull you out of the fire, and the only person that, that, that can pull you out of it is God. That way when God does pull you out of it, you can only give him glory. He'll be the only one worthy of the glory because there was nobody else that did it but him. That's what he wants. He wants us to be able to trust in him at all times. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
it's easy to bless the Lord when you're not going through anything, but are you still going to praise him and bless his name when you're going through things? It's easy to, to be able to praise God when, when, when everything's going good in our lives, but are we still going to be able to praise him when things aren't going good? That's what moves that's what moves him. That's what moves his heart. To be able to be like Job, Job lost everything that he had. He lost all his material possessions and after he lost everything that he had, he he shaved his head, he said, From the from the dust I came, the dust I shall return, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then his wife came up to him, the woman that he loved, and told him, Curse God and die. Imagine your wife or somebody that you love coming up to you and telling you to curse God and die. I mean, I'm sure that was an arrow to his heart. He said, you speak, this is what he told her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? The point is this, and the reason I think that God put this in my heart is that we have to have a strong foundation in these end times to be able to stand. I mean, what are you going to do when things do get bad or if things do get bad in your life? Are you still going to be able to stand? That's why it says no other foundation can anyone lay except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, its work will become clear for the day will declare because it will be revealed of what sort it is because it will be revealed by fire. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer lives, yet he himself will be saved, yet it's through fire. The, the thing is, it, put it like this. I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. When the, when the big bad wolf comes to blow on your house and to blow your house down, you have to make sure your house is made of bricks and not of sticks. The tribulations that we go through, the things that we go through, I don't know how anybody on this phone that's, that's listening has been tested or, or what you went through. I don't know everybody's personal walk. But the reason that we go through things is not because God doesn't love us. When Job was tested of God, all of his friends, you know, came against him saying, you know, he must have done something wrong. Surely he might. He, see, a lot of times Christians will, will look at us when we're going through certain things and say he, he must have done something wrong and God's just, you know, uh, God's just chastising him. God must be, you know, dealing with him because he made a mistake. That's not how it works. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we just, Moses, before he could lead the children of Israel into the promised land, he had to go through the desert himself for 40 years. Before Jesus could pick out his 12 disciples, he had to go through the wilderness for 40 days, led by the spirit tempted of the devil. So the point is this, is that faith is not believing in what you can see but what you can't see. It's being able to believe when, there's not, when it seems like there's nothing to believe in. When you have nothing to hold on to, still being able to hold on. When you have nothing to stand firm on, onto and still being able to stand firm. The thing, the, the, the thing is this, is that whose report will you believe? Are you going to believe God that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, or the devil? The devil has a report. The devil has certain things that he's going to try to tell you. He's going to try to tell us certain things, tell us that God's not there. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, scoffers shall come in the end day, saying, where is the promise of his coming? There's going to be people that are going to try to come against you and say, where is your God? Obviously, if your God's real, you know, he'd pull you out of this. Or if God, you know, if you're doing right by God, you wouldn't be going through this. But that's not the way that it works. It's a refining process. When we go through certain things, it strengthens our faith. I know everybody's probably heard the saying that says, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 
That's the way that it works. Whatever doesn't kill you is going to make you stronger. Whatever you go through when you come out of it, it will make you stronger. If you've been through it before, you'll be able to deal with it again. It's not – the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken us except such as is common to man. That's talking about temptation, but trials work the same way. It's not uncommon to man. If you were the only person that was going through it on the planet, then you could say, God, why me? But anything that you're going through, I promise you there's somebody on this planet that's going through something worse. We we have a good in, in the United States. We have a good. We get to we get to get out of our air conditioning cars and walk into church. And normally we only walk for thirty seconds before we walk into another air conditioned building. So the point is this: is that there's certain things that we go through in, in our Christian walk that are that are for. Our, our refining purpose. It's, it's to strengthen us. It's to make us stronger. It's to give us something to stand firm on. And I don't have much time left, but the point is this. Whose report will you believe? When Jesus was tempted of by the devil, the devil told him, if, you, if thou be the Son of God, command this bread to be turned into stone. He said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. He took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. He said, if thou be the Son of God, throw yourself down from this temple, for it is written, his angels shall give charge over thee, um, lest you dash your foot against the stone. He said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. The third time he tempted him. He said, if you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you everything that you see. He said, he said go, uh, what do he say, uh, uh, get away, Satan, or get behind whatever he said. He said, it is, for, it is written, you shall serve the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. We have to know the word. We have to have a strong, solid foundation in the word. We have to have something to be able to stand on. Simon Peter, when he was talking to Jesus, Jesus he said, who do people say that I, the son of man, am? He said, some say Elijah, some Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? Despite what everybody else is telling you, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? He said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. No longer do I call you Simon Barjona, but Simon Peter. Peter means rock. He said, for on this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That's the rock we have to build our church on. It's a strong, solid foundation in his word. We gotta, the thing is this. The longer that you stay out of the word of God, the longer you stay out of fellowship with him, the longer you stay out of worship, the longer you stay out of prayer and communication with him, the more you're going to open yourself up. To the spiritual realm of the devil being able to come against you It's like this It's like when you see a police officer It's not until they put on that badge And that gun and that uniform Till you see the authority It's the same thing with the devil The Bible says to, to clothe yourself in Christ To put on Christ You see we have to be walking in his anointing To be able to have any authority over the devil If you're walking in your flesh You, ha you are no match for the devil Walking in the flesh You are no match for him He will destroy you so we have to be we have to be strong in his word we have to be we have to be strong in his word we have to have a strong solid foundation in his word and we have to know who he is we have, it's that's why it's about a personal intimate relationship i'm going to wrap it up and just saying this it's about a strong it's about having a strong, intimate relationship with him. The more that you grow to know somebody, the more that you're going to love them, the more that you're going to be able to trust them. It's the same thing with God, the same way it would be if you had a husband or wife. closer that you grow to that person, the more that you're going to be able to love them and trust them. You can't love someone you don't know. You can't trust somebody that, somebody that you don't know. It's the same thing with God. You can't worship a God that you don't know. We have to have a strong, solid foundation in his word, 
and we have to it, it's about having a personal intimate relationship with him you have we have to know who he is for ourselves that's why we go through certain things because we have to be able to know what he can do that's what a testimony is being able to look back and see what he's done i'm just going to end it at that whose report will you believe the devil has a report are you going to be able to trust in god that his word is going to do what it says it's going to do I'm just going to conclude with that. I'm just going to thank everyone that's on the line. I'll just pray real quick. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, everything you're doing, everything you're going to continue to do. I thank you for this opportunity. I ask that you bless everybody that's on this line, everybody that's listening. Everybody that, that is listening, I ask that you touch their hearts, that you give them a strong revelation of who you are, that you allow them, Lord, to be able to walk in your will and purpose, that you give them something to be able to stand on, that you just lead them to God in all truth. And I thank you for this time and this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll turn it over to you, Chris. Amen. Amen, brother. Hey, we appreciate um, everything. Actually, if you're going to be up for a while, then when the show's over, I want to give you a shout and um, you know just talk to you for a little bit. But um, we appreciate you know your words and your your you know just sharing the word of God and being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And um, you know you're all welcome. On and we're going to try to uh, connect uh, probably tomorrow or the next couple of days. We're going to try to figure something out. I'm going to try to get with you, uh, you know, in the next few days and figure a few things out with you. And um, we'll talk about I that later. It. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, listen, if you guys are listening, we're wrapping the show up tonight. This is Prayer International Radio. That was uh, Brother Roger LaSalle just sharing his heart tonight. So you guys continue to pray for him as the Lord leads him on his journey and, and just mentors him and prepares him for ministry allows him to minister and give him opportunities. So just keep him in your prayers. Uh, let's just say he's in transition right now. We'll leave it at that. And um, so keep praying for his transition and um, that the Lord will just lead him and guide him and just show him what's next around the corner. So uh, if you're tuning in and listening, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. We have a number of people on the platform tonight just sharing their hearts. And as always, we're thankful for you listening and praying for us and for others. Continue to pray for each other in the chat room and uh, pray for this young man of God who's powerful in the spirit. And pray for those, you know, that, that come onto this platform, too. And listen, if you need us, we're at 619-638-8458 between 10 and 12. We're going to put some Skype information up in the next few days so you can reach us on some off hours. Uh, you guys have a blessed night. And we'll see you tomorrow night at the same time, same place. In Jesus' name, amen.